want to read with us, turn to the book of John, chapter number 20, the gospel of John, chapter number 20, we're going to begin to read with verse number 1, John chapter number 20, beginning to read with verse number 1, I'll preach tonight, one that's not no new one, not nothing you hadn't heard before, we're going to preach tonight on Miss Mary Magdalene, look at her just for a moment. And uh, the days that we live are very discouraging days. It, it is. We live in, in discouraging times. I don't know about for you so much, but I can tell you for me, we live in discouraging times. And uh, it seems as though that everywhere that we look, that everywhere we turn, that there is discouragement on every hand. If you ain't careful, uh, you'll you'll find yourself getting ready to throw in the towel. Anybody ever been there? Uh, seems the more, the longer we live, the longer I live, it seems like those those occasions get more often. They get to come in a lot sooner, a lot a lot quicker than they used to. And uh, sometimes we think nobody's ever been where we are. Nobody's ever faced a discouragement such as we have faced. But then we can get in the scripture and find that we're wrong. There's always been hard times. There's always been times of discouragement. Uh, but we just need the help of the Lord through it all. John chapter number 20, beginning to read with verse number 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, into the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. And she runneth, and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre. We know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together. The other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. He, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth cloths lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen cloths lie. <clears throat> and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a place by itself, and went in also that other disciple and came first that came which came first to the sepulchre and saw and believed. And as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead, then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without the sepulchre weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. And seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. They say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they've laid him. When she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? 
Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him. I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and to your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that she had spoken, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege of having a Bible. Thank you, God, for the privilege to come this way tonight. God, if there's anything decent and good going to happen tonight, it's going to be because of you. Again, Lord, I need you. I pray, Father, this evening that you'd give us unction, give us grace to stand and preach what thus saith the word of God. Father, I pray that you'd desire, strike a concern in our hearts. Help us, Lord, not to be uh, not to be complacent and satisfied. God, help us not to be stagnant. Help us, Lord, to be moving. Help us, God, to be about your business, I pray. Forgive me of my sins and my wrongs. Help me, Lord, in my weakness, I beg you. For it's in Jesus' name that I ask it. For he's worthy. Amen and amen. Thank you and be seated. If correct, we've read down through verse 18 of John chapter number 20. What a familiar story. It's no, I told you it's nothing new. Matter of fact, the basics are the, the, the grounding basis of our Christian religion are hinged on these scripture right here. Uh, had there not ever come a time where he rose from the dead, we'd have a dead religion. Our religion would be in vain. But I'm glad there came a day when he got up out of the grave. I'm glad there come a day, bless God, when we'll get up out of here. Uh, I'm thankful that he is the first fruits of the first resurrection. I'm glad I'm thanking the Lord that there's coming a day, and I'm, I'm even grateful today that that day is not very far off. That that day is at hand and, and that, that it'll be okay with me whenever the time comes that he'll take us away from here. But I thought about discouragement and I have uh, I've faced a, a lot. I've faced a, uh, just, a, just a lot of things that have been on my mind, on our hearts. And, and uh, I'll be honest with you, there's times that you get ready just to wave the, right, the white flag of surrender. There's times when you say, God, I don't know what else to do and and surely nobody else is in the trouble that, that I'm in. Surely nobody else is, is, going, is going through uh, what I'm going through. But there's one thing I found out that, that discouraging times require determined tactics. When we would, when we would uh, be discouraged when those times, then we must at that time become more determined to endure, to keep on, to, to, to sit in, to, to begin to, to seek the Lord and, and to to beg God for help at that time. The Bible said something very uh, very intriguing to me in the scripture that we've read tonight. And, and like I said, I've preached this message here before and, I, and it's not been very long ago, I don't think, but I just would, had come back to it and, and feel like I the, feel, feel the need to be here this evening. But the Bible said in verse number 10, uh, then the disciples went away. What's the next word? Again. Then the disciples went away again. Where? 
unto their own homes. In other words, what I find is the word again is there, and what that lets me know that they had been there before. There had come a time when they had been, when they had given up or, 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 or walked away, and and uh, well, it really wasn't the first time that they had went away in discouragement. You think about what they're facing. You think about what they're going through. The one whom they thought was going to establish his kingdom on the earth. That's what the disciples thought he was going to do. They, they understood he was the Savior. But there was a lot of things they didn't understand that we look back in the Bible with the Scripture and we can see, but, but their eyes were withholding from the things that, he was, that his kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. Uh, they were, they, you know, they was waiting on somebody to overthrow Rome, uh, to uh, to remove uh, and uh, to set up on the throne of uh, of Israel, and and they're still, by the way, waiting on that today. They're still waiting on a king uh, to come and to and to set in David's place. And let me go ahead and say that uh, he's a coming pretty quickly, Amen. He's not going to be very very far down the road. Uh, uh, that he's going to uh, gather up, he's going to inhabit the throne of David once again. Matter of fact, uh, as I said, it's not the first time they had been discouraged. If I look at Calvary, you look at the cross, what I find at the cross, the only disciple that I find there was John. Only one that was there was, was John. You never, you never hear the words recorded that we find in John 19 in verse number 30 where Jesus said it is finished. We got other disciples that were there, but none of them ever recorded it. Why? Because they weren't there to hear it. They weren't there to, to listen to the words that, John, that Jesus would speak. And even if they were there, they must have been further away from the cross. And they couldn't hear him utter the words, it is finished, as he gave up the ghost. But the Bible said that we that that, that there that they, those disciples went away again and their their own homes. We don't have any idea about the others, but we find out that Mary had to go and tell them that the tomb was in. Mary had to let them know that that there was nobody in the tomb. She had come to the conclusion that somebody had taken the body of the Lord. And when they came there, we find that they came again to the tomb and, and the Bible said that they leave the tomb again. They went then, in verse 10, the disciples went away again unto their own homes. In other words, they went away. I see them leaving in disappointment. They're thinking somebody's taken the body of our Lord. Somebody's stolen away his body. Somebody's taken it and he's no longer here. Maybe... At this particular time, those disciples, John and Peter, that they would say, well, it's finally over. It's finally over. It wasn't what we thought it was. It wasn't what we contemplated it being. It's finally finished. They, I can see them walking back home with their heads hung and just in discouragement. In defeat, in disdain, they couldn't believe what they were seeing or what they had seen in that tomb. We'd look around and maybe Peter would say in the near, very near future, I go a fishing. Wouldn't he? That's what he would say. Thomas would say, etc., 
except I put my hand in his side, except I touch the prince in his hand and in his feet. I'll not believe. So discouragement was there. Disbelief was there. They had given up. Many had quit. But I go to verse 11. And I see that Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping. Mary finds herself all alone when everyone else is gone. She's still standing by the place she last seen him when everybody else is gone. She's still wondering. She's still looking. She's still longing. She's still loving. Everybody else is gone. I want to preach to you this evening just for a few minutes, and I'm not going to be long at all. What we're going to do when everyone else goes away. What will we do when everyone else goes away. As you look at look around today, we see the, that it's a common thing for folk to, today that we, in old time religion, it's gotten to be a common thing for people to depart and go another way. Newfangled ways of doing, it seems like they're growing or swelling as much as they possibly can. And I'll just be honest with you, I, I battle it more here in my, in, in, in my later years than ever have. And because I wonder, God, you know, I'm just, can I, can I just be honest with you tonight? Can I just, is that okay? And I'm not, I'm not trying to get pity. That's not my, God knows my heart. But I just wonder, Lord, can you, you know, can you use me anymore? Lord, can I be of any more benefit to you? God, can I? Am I done? Are you are you done with me here? And all these things I can't I can't help it. I'm human. They cross my mind, and I begin to contemplate those things. Those things crowd my mind at times because I see the the falling away of concern. I see the falling away of of the power of God, and it's not God's fault. God ain't got weak. God ain't even got old. But we see all these things, and we hear, like we heard the other night, and again, I don't mean just to beat a dead horse, but we hear that the younger people are seeking something that seemed like us older ones could care less if we have anything. And I wonder, God, is it me? What will we do? What will I do? What will you do? When everyone else goes away, what's going to be? What, what, what are you going? What are you going to do? When everyone else throws in the towel, when they go to the house, when they say it's over with, I can't take it no more. The devil, he he fights us. He he gets the victory over us in a lot of areas and a lot of things. Makes it easy sometimes, brother Joe, just to say I'm done. He makes it easy. Mary had every reason in the world. She watched her leaders walk away. But she never watched her Lord walk away. She saw Peter and John 
depart and go home. But she knew that the last place she looked at at the Lord was there in that tomb. The Bible said, but Mary stood without the tomb, without the sepulcher, weeping. Notice Mary's countenance, if you will. That she wasn't there just standing trying to be a trying to see a sight, but she was there with her heart broken. She longed, she wanted to see the Lord again. She wanted a movie. She wanted to, to, to hear the voice of the Lord again. She wanted to feel the touch of the Lord again. And so I find Mary as she as she's outside the sepulcher and she's still looking for the Lord. I wonder today how many of us have come here tonight and, 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 and we're really looking for God to do anything for us. How many of us have came today and we've been complacent and satisfied and we've said, oh, a preacher, bless me if you can and you've not put any effort into praying, you've not put any effort into confessing, you've not put any effort into, into seeking God and you, you say, oh, it must be the problem we're living in Laodicea and I'm here to tell you I'm so sick of hearing about Laodicea that I don't know which way to turn. That is, I know that we live in that age, and I know that we're in that time, in biblical, in biblical times. But brethren, the churches do not have to inhabit that thing. We do not have to fall accountable to all those churches in Revelation 3. Those letters were written at the same time, and all of them were not in the same shape at the same time. We don't have to be. We are in the same age. We're in the Laodicean age. There's a falling away. We're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and we've forgotten. They were poor, blind, miserable, wretched, and naked. We've forgotten all of those things. We see that we have everything. We can pay the bills. We've got padded pews. We've got air conditioner. We can, we've got accommodations that our forefathers never had. We're not looking for him. She was looking. But when Mary stood without the sepulcher weeping, and she wept, she stooped down. Notice what she did in verse 11. And looked into the sepulcher. She was looking for the Lord. Even though it seemed there was no need to continue on, she didn't stop looking for the Lord. Does discouragement sometimes keep us from looking for the Lord? Would you, would you, would you be honest with me tonight? Has, has discouragement sometimes kept you from looking for the Lord? Has discouragement sometimes kept us from expecting the Lord to do big things in our, in our midst? Has discouragement kept us from being ones that might be moved by the power of God again? discouragement kept those things you see Mary Mary didn't allow the discouragement she faced to get her eyes off of where they ought to have been she didn't she didn't allow the discouragement to take her eyes off of the place where she last saw the Lord and and boy were we the the last place we've seen him in our life we we ought to remember what it's like to to sit down and to and to fellowship with him we ought to remember what it's like to have the presence of God in our life and we ought to remember what it's like to uh, to, uh, to, to sit in the church house and 
Remember what we did back then that made us have the power of God that we had then. And friends, we ought to look for that. We ought to desire that with all of our being. But today, in all honesty, we find discouragement has caused us not to, not to expect God to do big things. Disgruntledness can keep us from looking for the Lord. And difficulty can keep us from looking for the Lord. But it didn't hurt. She was looking. Not only was she looking, I believe this in verse number 13, and they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Those two angels she saw in that tomb, she didn't know who she was talking to. They said, Why, woman, why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they've laid him. Not only was she looking, but she was longing. She was longing for a touch from God. Longing for his presence. This ain't rocket science preaching tonight. It's just pure old stuff. I wonder how many of us are longing today for God. Any of us really are longing to the place where we are willing to get out of the comfortableness that we've so gotten so accustomed to and to allow God to have us again. We were talking about that just a minute ago, Brother Philip. You know this, there's the idea that that you can get this second filling of the Spirit of God, you know, got saved here and got filled. I'm here to tell you, my Bible tells me that that, that all happens at salvation. Now there may be a different day that I can go to where where God got all of me. But I got all of God on the day I got saved. I got all of God that day. I can say this. But there's times God don't have all of me. Well, we need to allow God to have all of us. The reason our churches are, 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 are drying up and the reason our young people are not seeing what they want to see is because we don't allow God to have all of us. Mary Magdalene was longing. She was longing for the Lord. She longed for His fellowship. I wonder, do we long for His fellowship? She longed for His presence. I don't know about you, but there's times, brother, when I didn't have to have nobody with me, but just me and God would meet together. And his presence was so real and so overwhelming. There's times that we as brethren would meet together and God would meet in our midst. And it would be amazing what God would do she longed for his presence. She said, I know not where they've laid him. I don't know where they've laid him. Everyone else had gone home. She was still looking for the presence of the Lord. 
When everyone else had given up, she was still longing. I want to ask you this. When everyone gives up on the old-time way, will you still be seeking his presence? And then lastly, I'll be done. She was looking. She was still longing. Verse number 16. Jesus had appeared to her. She didn't realize who he was. She had told him, she said, if you've, if you've borne him hence, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. And Verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Mary, she turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not. I'm not yet ascended to my Father. But go and tell my brethren. She was still loving. Everyone else didn't love anymore as much as they had been loving. She was still loving. Jesus called her name. Mary. Can't you imagine when she heard her name by the Lord? Mary. Can't you imagine? Ain't nobody ever called her name like he called her name. Remember that out of her came seven devils. Remember that she was a possessed, probably lady of the night. Probably somebody that no other man wanted anything to do with. The Lord came to where she was. She loved him. She didn't quit loving him when she when she found the tomb was empty. She didn't quit loving him when when there was silence and she didn't know where he was for three days. When his presence was not there, she still was in love with him. And I don't mean that in an ungodly way. He was her Lord. He's my Lord today. I remember the day he called my name the first time. Remember that day? There wasn't any question who it was that called my name. There wasn't any question who it was that was seeking after me. I didn't have to say, who are you? When she, she didn't recognize him. But when she heard his voice, I know. That voice. My sheep. Hear my voice. <laughs> she was still loving him. She remembered. Probably when he called her the first time. When the devil was having his way with her. No one had ever spoke her name. Like Jesus did. When everyone else was gone away, she was still loving. Listen to what the Lord said to her today. Because that she was still there when everyone else had left. 
Jesus saith unto her in verse 17, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended into my Father. Listen to this, y'all. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascended into my Father, to your Father. my God and to your God. Go tell them that I'm taking care of what I told them I was going to take care of. Go tell them I'm not dead. Go tell them that you've seen me. Go tell them that you've heard me call your voice again, your name again. Go tell them that you felt my presence again. Go tell them that I'm worth serving. I wonder tonight, what will we do? And I'll be honest, I believe some of us have already set our eyes on different places. Our hearts are really gone into distant places. We're not really near where we need to be. We're not really desirous of the presence of God no more. Oh, preacher, that's all humbug there. I hear you talk about it, but don't never see it. It's because we don't never give him all of us. That's the reason we're not seeing it. Just answer me this. I need to come to peace. How much of you tonight does God have? How much of you tonight has, has, does God have? 